Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to Banging Book Club. I'm Lena Norms. I'm Lucy Moon. And I'm Hannah Whitten. This is a fortnightly podcast where we read books about sex and gender and talk about it. That's right. Chew the fat. And this Swizzle the hay. (laughs) And this month we have read A Quiet Kind of Thunder by Sarah Bernard. Did you say it right? Oh my god. No. No. Sarah Bernard. Sarah Barnard. Sarah. But it's all good, guys. Sarah Bernard. (laughs) Sarah Bernard. Sorry, Sarah. I've actually met you several times. Sarah Barnard. No. Sarah Barnard. No. <laughs> uh, let's How just... are we chill with Shaggy Corsandy? What a musical Sandy name. This gets us. <laughs> I know. Shall we just call her Sarah? Sarah. Sarah. Sarah B. Sarah Sa- B. Sounds like you're like the sixth Spice Girl. BB. <laughs> <laughs> to summarise, for those of you who haven't read it, which seems to be quite a lot of people, which is chill, which is chill, but to catch you all up who haven't read it, um, this is a book about Steffi who is a selective mute. Selective mute means that she really does struggle to speak. She can physically speak, but it is connected to her anxiety. Would that be fair? Is that fair to say, guys? Yes. Yeah? And there's probably a better explanation if you Google it. Yes. We, disclaimer, sorry. From we what, don't know. From what this book has explained to me, that yeah. is what I have understood. This book is selective all I know mute, about mutism selective is. mutism as well. I've never yeah. encountered it Which I'm really, that's, I'm really glad that's why I read it. She falls in love with a mysterious guy called Reese, who just started at their sixth form. Very exciting. Uh, and he can't hear. So they bond over um, their knowledge of, um, I was going to say BDSL. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> BSL, which is British Sign Language, for those of you who don't know. Um, and they go on adventures together. I think we'll discuss plot elements throughout the podcast. Yeah, but that's the basic. I think, I think they, they they manage to teach each other a lot about life. They discover a lot about growing up together, and there's lots of other hilarities that ensue. Yeah. Sound reviews. Sound reviews. Aww, that's mine. Ooh, I think that's mine. <laughs> this is a playground. Guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's young, isn't it? That's what we thought about the relationship. Uh, oh. It's kind of like seeing two people kissing on a bus that you don't know. Oh, do you think that's cute? I'm scared of PDA, so for me that's like... (laughs) I read Beautiful Broken Things, um, which was Sarah Barnard's um, first release. Yeah, I read that too. I loved it. Loved Loved it. it. That deals with very different teenage issues, and I think it is to be talked about that Sarah doesn't have any hearing or speech impediments. No. So this was like her looking at somebody else's perspective of something, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really interesting. But in general, my experience of her as an author is she talks very, in a very intelligent way, but very accessibly about 
um, lots of hard issues to do with teenage stuff and growing up. Yeah, because Beautiful Broken Things is a lot about um, friendship and, like, abuse. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, Self-harm, suicide. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think one of the things that Sarah does really well is the teenager voice. Yes. And, like, giving teenagers the credit that they deserve in terms Mm. of the way that they speak and how intelligent they often are, but also giving them that, you know, that legroom to be teenagers. I was going to say, this is the first um, YA we read at book club, which really I identified with the teenage voice as my Uh, teenage self. This Mm -hmm. is the first one where I really... Yeah, with Steffi's teenage voice, I really feel like that felt accurate to my experience you were you a selective mute no <laughs> um, <laughs> just felt like i, I just confess no mm. um and anyone who knows me will know i'm <laughs> okay. what, what about it then um it, the way you know how lena really identifies with the way catlin moran writes johanna yeah mm. I identify <laughs> well, like she's so unrealistic and i'm like she's me yeah <laughs> in the same way i feel like I, oh I never once questioned this voice. This is like, oh, this is my internal monologue when yeah. I was 16. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I feel like I need to find mine. In mine. We need to find yeah. yours. We'll have, hopefully we'll have a banging book club book. Well, we are yeah. reading your book. Yeah, now, I know. So yeah. I feel like this you've is really, my voice. You've really overperformed on the representing your own voice and <laughs> books that we're about to read. Um, <laughs> so the book plays with lots of ideas of sound and how mm-hmm. we perceive that. So the, the title did become clear what it was about. Because I, I don't know if you guys thought this, but I thought the title was quite confusing. Um, yeah. Until yeah. we got about two thirds of the way through the book. Which I don't know is a good choice or a bad choice. I'm just not sure. But now looking back at this book, I'm going to think fondly of it. Because one of the best parts of it was when... They talk about the fact that Steffi and Reese fall in love, not like lightning, as her best friend does, but more like thunder, where it's a, it's like this slow rolling, like, like this kind gradual. of gradual. Like, yeah, it's like a gradual, very deep, very um, sincere rumbling. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, really a, like a stomach. That. That, I love that, that metaphor. Like, really got to me as well because the the kind of love that Steffi's best friend Tem was describing, mm. like that lightning bolt, that like oh my god, mm. and spoiler alert, ultimately that relationship doesn't work out for her. Mm. Um, the way that those two metaphors work in describing the two different types of relationships, I'm like, oh my God, I've seen this in my relationships, in my friends' relationships. It's such a great analogy. Yeah, really I'm nodding is. my head. Mm. Oh, it's so good because I've seen like myself and friends of mine be in those lightning bolt relationships. But they're often not relationships, they're situationships. Yes. <laughs> this is, that's what I'm I like always that. in lightning bolt situationships. Yeah. And it's those extreme highs, the extreme lows, you like are infatuated. Like the lightning bolt is infatuation and the thunder is love. That's kind of mm. what well, I think Well the thunder is, yeah, something that grows slowly. I've not been in a relationship with someone where I saw them and I was like, bam, there's a yeah. huge mm. spark as soon as I see you. It's grown mm-hmm. to a point where you you're with someone and you're like wow this feels ridiculous like yeah like feels... how did I not see it before yeah. how did I get mm. to this point and yeah. that I think is like because it creeps up on you yeah and I always thought that that's <laughs> never like, rom- <laughs> like a villain <laughs> that's never romanticized though the idea yeah. is that there's there's so much rhetoric around the soulmate the one you find them and you feel it it's fate you yeah feel it's it. like this instant like oh my god I have to be with them all the time and like the, like that jolt of mm. lightning that Tem feels around mm. Karam. Yeah. Karam. That for me signifies yeah. they're a fuckboy. Oh, God. That yeah. for me is my fuckboy radar. As soon as, as soon as I fancy them and I get the lightning bolt, I'm like, he's a fuckboy though. <laughs> I immediately called it, like, from the beginning, as soon as Tem, the mm. way that she started talking about Karam and 
the way that she felt around him, like from the first page that she's talking about him, I'm like, but nope, like, that's not gonna work. Like mm. I could just, I just don't know why. I just like sensed it. I was like, mm. so Tem is Steffi's best friend. Yeah, she's called September. Yeah, which makes the song um, "Wake Me Up When September Ends" quite. <laughs> Imagine if you were called September and then everyone sung that song at you. Oh, yeah. God. I get that with Ruby back. I just couldn't stop thinking about that. Um, but yeah, September um, dates a guy who is an, a refugee. Well, he was a refugee and he's grown up in this country and he wants to like study to be a doctor and go back to his country. And he seems really lovely. He's and crazy then, accomplished, but seems like a bit of a prick. Yeah. You know, like, like mm. too accomplished. Like, so ass. And he talks <laughs> down on people. You <laughs> feel him talk down on people. Yeah. When I was reading yeah. it, I was like, this guy is going to go with this, this other girl and go to so ass. Yes, he is. And he's never going to buy from Starbucks. Um, yeah. He's going to feel really gonna good about it. Use his keep cup. <laughs> because okay. then the other thing that we learn about Tem is that she's not academic. She mm. is um, sporty. And yeah. basically what she wants to do is be an athlete. Yeah. Um... And so, and that's something that you see later on that Tem being like really insecure about. Mm. And I really liked that um, because I often feel like in YA, the main character, and I guess we do get this because Steffi is the main character. They're always very bookish and smart and introverted. And that always grinds on me. Tem is the best friend who is the opposite. She's not really bookish. She like. She likes running, she's not, doesn't get good grades, and she's extremely extroverted and, um, mm. like, loves parties and talking to people and, like, yeah. kisses yeah. lots of boys. Um, it's very rare, except for Johanna in How to Build a Girl, where we see someone Represent. who is, like, the, yeah. other, the other way around. Even though Johanna's actually very bookish as well. Yeah. Um, but that always, that yeah. always grinds on me a bit, and I know it's, like, obvious mm. that an author... It's, like, hashtag relatable. Do that. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> yeah. I get it. It's your lived experience. And I think also, like, there's always... I feel like there's always a loud friend to bring out the obvious questions for a quiet, uh, like, protagonist, where it's just, like, are you feeling this Steffi yes see I see that because I'm the loud one <laughs> I'm going to literally like, voice what you're thinking and you're going to say yeah the causes the the plot progression out of their own yeah. mood swings and their own uh, mm. like their own extroverted journey yeah kind of guides like a subplot definitely yeah I also thought that this one was very different from Beautiful Broken Things in that with Beautiful Broken Things I think that was it was about it was a rom-com about a friendship Mm. Whereas this is a rom com mm. about a rom com, and also hashtag organic content, guys. We don't have a producer. Nobody pre reads these book for us, books for us. We're we're reading them, and we're kind of you know we've never read them before as mm-hmm. we read them. So for me, I was reading this, being like, does this have enough sex in it? Oh yeah. no! Oh, does yeah. it have enough gender in it for us? To-? And then I get to it, and I'm like, yes, actually, this is really about. This is probably the most romantic book that we've read. Mm, yeah. <laughs> no, trumpet, <laughs> trumpet. Oh yeah, trumpet. That's oh, true. Trumpet was very romantic. Um, but uh, but I realised it was it was all about bodies. Do you know what I mean? It was about it was love about and communication. bodies. Yeah, it was about how we use our bodies to communicate, and there obviously is some sex in it. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was quite interesting. That yeah. I was worrying for so long about how I was like, this isn't really about sex, yeah. and then I was like, actually, it completely is. You, really, why do we have to talk about builds up to it? Yeah, we talk about jizz and boobs a lot on this podcast, and this isn't that. It's no. romantic. It's yeah. not a relationship. Yeah, yeah. So I it's thought that was really nice as well to contrast it with like this is like young young people having sex I feel like we read a lot of like older people having sex no maybe that's not true all rape oh yeah <laughs> that's that's the first, first time YA consensual sex yeah in the banging book club <laughs> where we, we did it we made it finally we broke our own virginity <laughs> of consensual teenage oh, oh dear lord uh, um yeah so I, I think I think it's for, for me it was like a little bit 
plotless. But also that's maybe because the characters just had quite a good time of it. You know, there yeah. weren't weren't really any parents that I had too many problems with. But that's what There's real it. life is. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, real it life feel... doesn't have like a big climax and then like, um, you know, this in three acts or whatever mm. it is. Yeah. Like that was just like people plodding along, going about their lives. Yeah. The way that time passed in the book as well was very realistic. Mm. Like you, we were like, I think the book loved how we like skipped all six, the shit. seven months. Yeah, like, yeah. It was about it was a long time, even mm. though you, you only get snippets of it, and you're like, oh. And they'd always get you wouldn't get all the bits in between when you found out something was going to happen, and the next chapter it happened, like the event happened, yeah, or the big yeah. day happened, or the trip happened. It was like, like Monday. I like and Reese organized to see each other on Friday. Okay, now it's Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really skipping to Friday. I, I, as an impatient person, I hate that Tuesday to Thursday period that you have to read about in the book. I don't give a fuck about that. Once you told me what's happening on Friday, I'm going to skip to fucking Get me Friday. There. Yeah. So for me, that was perfect for an impatient reader. I yeah. whizzed through this book. You'd be great in like one of those like trial reading groups when they haven't published the book yet. It's no. like, look, just delete Tuesday to Thursday. Yeah. I'm not interested. <laughs> oh no, I, I'm save yourself those twenty pages, mate. Um, okay, so I want to talk first about this idea of voice and sex. So I mm. know quite early on, I made a note about on page twenty. If anyone's reading along, um, <laughs> Tem Tem is talking to Steffi and being like, "Oh no, you're you know you're a catch, you're a gem. Anyone would want to date you." And, and Steffi's like, oh, but I don't speak. And Tem's like, guys like girls, like guys like to kiss girls who can't talk. <gasps> and I was like, I missed ah! that. When did she say that? Oh gosh. She did, I mean, like, I think she's being sarcastic yeah. and flippant, but I was just like, oh. and then it got me thinking about this idea of like the Little Mermaid thing, <gasps> where it's like she gives up her voice for sex, and this is kind of the opposite. Shit. Like she finds a sexual um, like thing, sexual interaction, a sexual relationship, and it gives her a voice. It's like quite the opposite of what Tem tells her mm. and it's that it's it's like Steffi's ability to communicate with um Reese that kind of they they're drawn together but then they're mm. also always in this big an- anxiety kind of spiral of like do you only like me because I speak BSL yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. No, well, I think you only like me because you speak BSL like they're both very paranoid about that yeah they each have that moment to be like wait mm. is this the only reason why you're with me I'm always really impressed that um, Steffi doesn't get anxious about using BSL in public with Reese because mm. everyone around her is, says, "Are you aware that everyone's staring at you and stuff?" Which is like the stupidest yeah, thing she you has can like say. A thing. Yeah, but she never freaks out about it. Mm. The BSL side of things. I think with, it's because um, in the way her describing it of being like it's just her and Reese and like it's because, romantic. I guess because no one, no one else is understanding what they're saying. Mm. It maybe it's slightly different. I don't know. Yeah. And I think as well, so like the this idea of body language, they seem to communicate in a like a quite a vulnerable way. I don't know. So yeah. I don't think I don't know how you guys felt about. Oh, it. she kept saying like I can't lie to him. He'll read it. Like yeah, that yeah. Oh so my god, to reading each other's bodies rather than listening to what they say. I really loved the way that uh, the book was formatted in terms of putting in what they were saying in BSL. It was yeah. in, it just in bold, just yeah. just as regular speech, but in bold, so you knew that it was being signed. Mm. I just loved that, and then. Um, and there's lots of technology in it as well. There's lots of texting and DMing yeah. and whatever. Yeah, it felt, and it felt really it feel weird. It felt so fluid. It just mm. felt like speech. And I thought that was really great. I would love to know about like the research that she did um, into BSL and things like that. Well, I, there's obviously all of the mm. signs in the 
book and oh, author notes. Authors yeah. didn't read that. Author author notes. She just says she's talked to a lot of people and she's read a lot of stuff about it and she's started using it herself. And it also gives you loads of tips on how to learn BSL if oh. you. And also, I think there was there's a bit in it. All of the chapter where... titles as well, the different numbers yeah, I like and that. like that yeah. nice. and the and the what are these it called? Made they... me want to learn the um, end, not end cards. That's um, YouTube. I've forgotten the word as well. Inside in the, the inside hard the... back. Cover. Yeah, in yeah. the inside of the cover, in a cover, got, you've yeah. got the alphabet and also numbers in BSL. Um, mm. But one of my favourite things about the way that she described BSL was just in how much it's not just your hands, but your whole body and your face, like everything. Yeah, and, uh, I, I really loved it when I was in school assemblies, and there was somebody who might have been deaf in there. I think there was somebody deaf at our school. Um, and the, the interpreter would have to come to the front and like interpret the hymns. Everyone was just staring at her. Yeah. And like when there was any announcement, everyone was just it draws you in yeah. because it is maybe we under communicate really. Would well, you ever watch them on TV when there's the noise? Oh yeah, I love it. And they've got you such an expressive face. Yeah, yeah. On Hollyoaks, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they watch Hollyoaks omnibus on a Sunday. Yes. But with the oh my god, Coronation <laughs> Street omnibus. Yeah. Oh on my it. god. Um, but also, I think. It's somewhere in the book it also mentioned how you have to be making eye contact when you're speaking in BSL. Mm. And often, like, you don't necessarily use eye contact when you're speaking normally. Yeah, I also no. love the irony of the fact that we're talking about sign language and deafness on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. <laughs> someone write a transcript. We need a show notes. Um, <laughs> how did you guys feel generally about the BSL thing? Because there was a bit that hit me quite hard when there was somebody who was commenting on their relationship said... Oh, but you wouldn't learn that unless you needed to, would you? Because it's not like it's not like learning French where you can go to France. It's not like learning Spanish where you can go to Spain and talk to of those people. Like, why would you learn BSL if you didn't have to? And then <laughs> there's parts of the book where Reese is like, "But I feel like I'm in this world that nobody can access," mm, and it is kind yeah. of like Reese has this country that nobody's really interested in learning the language for. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, because I was always like, oh, never learn it. But to be fair, I don't know really anybody deaf. Yeah, and then it, does that yeah. make? I think that I don't know. That made me question my thought process because I was really like, actually, as well, because they also should. like BSL is British sign language. American sign language is different. Oh, God, that must so be such every pain. country also has a different sign language, which complicates things further. If there's not like a, a global mm. uh, recognized sign language, but that's why I think it's cool. Like I don't know in the in the author notes, like Sarah says that there's different. I think it's Sarah says there's different syntaxes and stuff as well. And there might be in the same way that with language, you wouldn't like you couldn't translate um like a euphemism. Mm-hmm. It, it would be something else. Like it's kind of like that with sign language as well. Apparently, like I don't it's know. actually a whole different language. It's not. Yeah, just, yeah, it has it's not different just rhythms. A, it's and... not just a translation. It yeah, is, it's an entirely different language. Yeah. I so like I wonder what kind of literature has ever been written in sign. You know, like you can't. You can't really write it down, I guess. I mean, you must be able to. Well, people can read. People would just write it in English. But then, like, I don't know. Yeah. Is there something we're missing? Like, what? Is there, like, somebody tell me, is there, like, beat poetry in, in sign language? Oh. <laughs> like, Ooh. you know, like, what's out there? I don't know. It just made me think about a lot of stuff that I've, has never occurred to me before. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. To be fair, it would have been cool if this had been written by somebody who was deaf. But yeah. at the same time, it's the first time I've ever even come across it in YA, so. Yeah. I feel that way. Do we want to talk about Reese and this masculinity of crisis? <laughs> I think she's it has been mentioned that he is going into the man cave that John Gray yeah. Yeah. taught us about in Men Are From Mars. When Reese, what do we think about Reese in general as a character? Oh, he's a bit lovely. He seems like, quite flawless. He seems like a teenage boy. I'm. He seems like a 16-year-old boy more mm. than an 18-year-old boy. But then I, I think maturity yeah. levels obviously are different. 
but like the neediness mm. within the relationship I don't see that in any um, but I don't really get to know men on on an intimate level <laughs> <laughs> I mean on like a like a, like them in relationships yeah until I was in my 20s mm. so I don't know but that felt he felt needy and that was mm. the first thing I really picked up on I've never had I don't someone know needy I would call him needy I think he was just very forward about his feelings. Well, except for the fact that he didn't have a girlfriend, like, being clear about that. Mm. But I think once they both established that they were into each other, they were very... It was very mutual. ...about... I think the neediness was mutual, yeah. if there was any neediness. But um, he does kind of have his thing of, like, not being able to look after Steffi because he's deaf. Mm. and not that really which is me. just totally yeah. not a thing like she does acknowledge that she's like at the end she's when they're sorting it all out she's like you don't need to do that that's not yeah. a thing yeah because yeah. because then also he just kind of like goes all quiet on her and weird yeah as and he gets really as sulky as soon as he feels like he's not looking after her or can't look after her his masculinity is threatened and then he's just and like, then actually look retreat retreat well the thing it's like oh i feel like i can't look after this woman oh, my masculinity is threatened. Now I'm going to really not look after this woman by not communicating with her. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, he further sabotages himself yeah. on the level, ironically, that he yeah. chooses to say is... But it, it also got me thinking about, like, this idea of, like, being really expressive with your hands and, like, how that is quite... Like, if men are really expressive, less ex- explicit with their hands... Explicit with their hands. <laughs> Come on in. Um, expressive with their hands. And, like, especially people... Like, men have quite loose wrists. Then everyone's like, they're so camp. Do you know oh, what I mean? Like, oh, there's, I see there's like what this you mean. effeminate oh. idea of like men moving their hands in really <laughs> so expressive you're just ways. Making a generalization of men have looser wrists than women. <laughs> have you ever noticed the men have yeah. really loose wrists? Oh man, I wish this was a video. I'm making what? some great shapes right now. Um, like, that also made me think. Yeah, think about like is is Reese's masculinity always being compromised because of this idea of like men being quite unexpressive. Um, and like quite still and like with their hands they're just supposed to use them as fists or like put them in their pockets aren't they they're not mm. yeah I think I've not thought about that but yeah I guess like gesticulating a lot is often associated with campness mm. and then on top of that having the huge vulnerability um, in, in his eyes of being deaf mm. and not seeing when a car's coming or like not hearing a car or in that bit where they need yeah, to really get hit by a car and stuff like that like I guess that those moments he's like no I'm fine I'm fine and he's like a real optimist about loads of stuff and pushes himself to go to the new college the new sixth form and then stuff like that I guess is like all the insecurities come back up when there's a moment mm-hmm. and I guess that's exacerbated by the fact that he wants to overcompensate mm-hmm. this was a yeah no that makes sense I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll like, like hmm. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the overcompensation mm-hmm. thing. He he needs a new outlet of his masculinity. Does he? Or should he just video games? Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe so he, he wants just to be a video games developer. Study feminist theory and feel better about himself. <laughs> Don't that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> like go and read some feminism. Interesting. Mm. And I think as well with like Steffi and her like thing about animals and wanting to be a vet I think that's quite interesting because obviously animals don't communicate mm, verbally either yeah oh yeah and it's also a very physical job yeah 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 but when she plays a role and when she wears a uniform she's a lot I don't know the, the mute thing was really interesting for me because the only other time that I've um heard it spoken about what is with um youtuber what's her name Jamie oh Jamie yeah. Joe. yeah yeah 
Jamie Joe's video on it, which I thought was. Well, the irony is, it's hard to be a. Well, no, is it hard to be a YouTuber if you? Well, yeah, it is hard to be a YouTuber if you have trouble communicating, for sure. Yeah. But um, it depends on have trouble. You can have a. There must be a whole sign language community. Mm. There must be a BSL community on YouTube. Yeah. Well, the only um, I know there is a deaf community on YouTube, but the the only one I know is Ricky Pointer. So she's hard of hearing, so she can still hear some stuff, but she um, um, like talks in her videos, kind of like how Reese can talk, you know, in mm. the book, like he can speak. Um, and she uses like closed captions on her videos and stuff, and makes loads of videos about um, so cool. deafness and YouTube and stuff like that. This is so there is a, deaf, a lot about closed captions. There is captions. like a deaf community on YouTube, and she also made a video with um, a blind YouTuber as well. That's I think. cool. That's so that was cool. really interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, I think I think like as people who are able-bodied, we we just often think like, oh, I wouldn't be able to do all if I if I was blind, if I was deaf, if I was disabled in any way, all of these different experiences are cut off from me, and like that's not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, you can still kind of do everything, and yeah. it's it's interesting, like because Reese, um, it's not explicitly mentioned, but I assume that he's been deaf like his whole life. Yeah. Um. I've always wondered how someone who's deaf their whole life learns how to speak, um, but then also how they read. Mm. So I, I like had because this, you read aloud. Yeah, I was having this absolute mind fuck because when I read words on a page, I can hear them being yeah. said in my head. Yeah, I've got an internal monologue. You can hear that Repeating. word. Oh, I never if thought you've about that. never heard words before, you've never heard anything, and you're reading. What do you? Do you imagine the sign in your head when you're reading it? What happens? Like, some please tell me. <laughs> You've just blown my mind. Like, I, I don't know, know. I know. Like, what? Oh, I need to know. Please. Mm. Like, any deaf listeners. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. not a thing. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Um, I think as well, I don't know, it really made me feel, like, quite, like, humble and a bit shit because I was like, again, I think that these things, like, I know, I've always known BSL existed. I've never learned any because I thought, yeah. oh, I don't need, I don't need that because that's something to help people like that in inverted commas integrate into into in inverted commas the real world yeah. and that's a horrific way to think and it's also like why do i think that i don't need access to their world yeah do you know what i mean like why i don't yeah. know it's really troubling, it, i remember isn't it? in school we learned how to like sign our names and mm. ask like how are you and say please and thank you in sign language and then also um when i was at school in america when i was four there was a deaf girl in my school and so um, we all learn American Sign Language as well. And so I, I, the only thing I can remember is how to spell my name in American Sign Language. Yeah. But, but again, yeah. it comes into this idea of integration because Reese says that he did go to a special school and then he wanted to go to a school that didn't particularly cater for him because yeah. he wanted to feel normal. And challenge himself yeah, yeah. as well. But it's also like, did, if, would we even need that? Reese seems quite mm-hmm. felt like fully functioning. Like, would we even need those schools if, he, if, if we all learn a bit more? I don't know. Yeah. When, when kids' minds are so elastic, like, why don't we learn BSL? I mean, why don't we learn other languages is a whole other conversation. But oh, like... my God, I just got back from Denmark and everyone speaks perfect English. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, like oh, our I'm country sorry. is so bad. We take it for granted the that Empire. the rest of the world speaks English. We're right. so lucky when it comes to language and communicating. Maybe in other countries, um, their, sign, they, their sign language education is better as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Let us know. Yeah. Can you. you speak the sign language of your country? Or a bit of it, at least. Mm. Some basic knowledge. More. What did we think about sex in general? 
in the, the book. book. Yeah. Or sex in all general. Just, all just about sex in general. How's, how's everyone's sex life? Ten, ten well? out of ten. Pretty good, pretty good. I think we're all quite well serviced at the moment, aren't we? So, excellent. Well oiled. Yeah, no. We've had our oil <laughs> The plumbing's been done. Yeah. Oh. That was a very like mum noise. You sounded like your name might be Mavis then. <laughs> you were like, oh. oh. I, am, I am the resident prude on this podcast. I think we've all established that uh, of all um, of you, all of us. Um, I, I've got thoughts about the sex in this book. Go on. <clears throat> Thought me. Okay, so I'm going to just list my thoughts and then we can discuss my okay. thoughts and then your thoughts. Um, my thoughts are that I found it strange, like for me personally, that they didn't necessarily talk about the fact that they were going to have sex mm. before they got to Edinburgh and then like literally the only... Um, mention of it the only communication about the fact like oh are we about to have sex is do you have a condom like but also like wondering what the bsl for condom was which yeah, was like and yeah and like, then she finger spelt condom i love that yeah um, but i wonder what the bsl for condom is <laughs> sorry yeah 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 <laughs> we are doing similar some... for the one that we use for yeah. wank <laughs> or maybe a roll maybe down. we'll find yeah. out we can we can look <laughs> When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. A pinch to the top and then a roll. Yeah, I found, I found it strange that there was no like. But my personal experience was that months before I lost my virginity, me and my boyfriend. You had the most responsible it. virginity losing yeah. I know, it's experience really, I know, I really ever. Because I more on that next month. <laughs> I can't imagine ever the book, having out April. Been... When's it out? Sixth of April. Buy the book out sixth of April. I... Doing it by Hannah Whitton. <laughs> I can't imagine having had the communi- the communication skills within a relationship at the age of seventeen to be able to. I think it's that being able to gauge that you're heading towards sex. I just, I was a bit mind blown. Maybe, maybe this is actually a normal experience for teenagers. I you meant by yeah. your first sexual experience. Yeah, I was, I was like, like, wow. wow. <laughs> no, that wasn't yeah. mind blowing. By no. the book, out six <laughs> <laughs> But in this book, um, I was a bit mind blown, but I'm not sure if this is the case actually for most teenagers, that they had sex without talking about having sex. Like definitely it, think that happens quite it, a lot. Yeah, though. probably. Yeah, I but it, like, it just happened. I there cannot... was no like even before like when they were planning the trip to Edinburgh. No, like, hey, so we're going to be in a hotel room together, like 
deal do with you it. want to are you ready to is this I something just being too scared what if scared to what say if, anything what if, Reece, condoms? Yeah, what if Reese hadn't have brought condoms didn't he buy them in the corner shop when he was buying the Lamborghini I don't know I uh, think he was buying Lamborghini as well she was like it's like champagne apart from it's not champagne I'm like love did he buy you Lamborghini <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. I didn't even think of that but okay. it's so <laughs> did he go into a, a corner shop and buy yeah. a, bo- a box of condoms and, he, and a bottle of Lambrini and <laughs> I love classy. but also all they'd done in terms of like sexual things beforehand was a lot of making out which she described as really hot can we talk about and the I, hand job yeah and then that one <laughs> oh that's so funny so accurate that is great. can we whip out Thank where you, that is whip it out whip it out whip it out and that one hand job oh, I don't know funny because both the I mean, sex and the hand job, her internal monologue is exactly what my internal monologue would have been. Because my internal monologue when I was first doing yeah. sexual stuff was like loud and proud in my brain. I could not focus on what was going on. Because my brain was yeah. like, what about this? What's <laughs> happening? Ew, what's that? Like, that was my brain the whole way through. And Am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, also, he just comes really quickly. But also, he's a... Teenage boy. Yeah, this, was, this made me laugh. And she doesn't get off really either. But she, like, she literally like, just touches again. him and he comes. Did she have any pleasure in no. any of that? Oh no, he put his hand like, on her jeans a little bit at one point. And she was, oh yeah, she was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember that, that as well of the like, everything is so intense and exciting when it's like yeah. you and you're just like, But also like, in the sex scene, right, it's, it's a virginity losing scene and it was fine. Two people in love having sex oh, really for the first time it. which was cute it was it was all and also you couldn't find the great. hole for a bit yeah yeah no the whole thing she, was she so like in, which is great but then she was all like eh, it was all right and then like then the next chapter is literally like i had sex twice last night i know and, and, yeah, like, and, then, and she was like and the second sex is better and i was like i want to know what that was like describe it yeah <laughs> extra features <laughs> yeah maybe that's a Did deleted that scene, scene. Have to get cut? like i'm like where was that i need it I needed that. Yeah. I just wanted to know. Does YA have to fit into certain like twelve A, fifteen? This one so what they don't really have ratings, but a lot of um YA publishers will write for older readers on the back. Okay, so and this what is was for this? older readers. Is it? Oh I guess oh, this is the most innocent sex ever. Yeah. But then actually I remember does, um, it does involve erection, semen. Yeah. When I mean I, I was... started reading YA when I was like eight or nine because yeah. you always have it's kinda like it's kinda like cosmopolitan, isn't really for like older teenage girls, is it? Like yeah. mm. you you're always gonna buy up because everyone yeah. is aspirational. So I think Yeah. I was gonna say when I was eleven I read Guitar Girl. If either of you ever read <laughs> Guitar Girl. <laughs> Cherry. Yes. And um a terrible um spoiler a terrible, terrible overdose scene when I was eleven yeah, and I, I was like that. And also I'm never going near really... drugs. Also, I think loads of people are paranoid yeah. and I'm like, did you not remember did you weren't you there in the library when you were reading junk and like loads of yeah. all about drug taking? But like you've read her the um Guitar Girl. She wrote a new one, the the London is for us. London before us. Oh, London belongs to us. Yeah, that's. I took that proof because I was like, Sarah Manning's written another book after Guitar Girl <gasps> ten years later. Oh my god, oh my did you read god. Let's Get I Lost? I love London belongs to us. Huh? Did you read Let's Get Lost as well? No. Oh, can we just have a Sarah Manning Sorry. appreciation moment right now? <laughs> Great woman. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think the point is like a lot of YA that we read at that age was pretty as explicit as this, if not more. Yeah. So I'd, I'd, I'd totally give this to a thirteen-year-old. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd much rather yeah. read about that than about overdoses. Yeah. Um, in terms of. You, your thoughts on the sex? Very, very, very tame. Internal monologue was the same as mine would have probably <laughs> been. Um, I'm trying to think, was there anything else I really had to say about it? Like, I thought that kind of... You're right, they should have talked about it more. Pre, mm-hmm. Pre-sex. pre 
but, but I then, wouldn't have. And I know I wouldn't have. This isn't supposed to be like a curriculum of yeah. Like yeah. how to do it, I suppose. This is like realistic literature. And I'm like, this is probably what happens. Probably. Yeah. And they're Pubs. clearly... But they like... I wouldn't know personally. I was a good Christian girl. Didn't they have any of the sex. Edinburgh and there's no like even like little jokes, little like euphemisms or innuendos. Oh, he does you... something, doesn't like, he? Like, there's quite, a little they're both quite shy though, aren't they? Yeah. They're both like, ooh. I know, I remember him making, uh, her making an accidental innuendo and then him making a, a proper one afterwards. Oh, yeah. So there yeah. is some kind of... Yeah, but she goes red as soon as she makes oh, the yeah, yeah. and she's like, mortified. Well, you know, you can be ready for sex, but also not ready to talk in depth with your partner about sex, I think. Yeah. Mm. Because you're, that's, they're too, you have to become comfortable with sex before you then yeah. have the language or are... Uh, brave enough to talk especially about when it. you don't know no, what you're expecting they don't have to go that way around i don't yeah. think i think okay. you can do them either way around really i think you need the knowledge before you can verbalize because for me mm. sex was just like a big like mystery area of my like i could yeah. mm. i wouldn't have even really known what like for me it was just very like what is this thing yeah i don't know and until i'd I had it as well, it depends whether your partner has had it or not. So, like, yeah. when I lost my virginity, my partner had had sex before. So mm. I was like, give me the rundown. Yeah. <laughs> like, catch me up. What's going on here? Oh, um, okay. That's that, really good. But I think with these guys, they're both, like, virgins, so. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's different. What about Tem? Tem. Oh. Tem and sex. I love Tem as a mm. character. Also, um, Tem and... Um, Reese aren't white. Yeah, I don't think that's the, the only. There's not no, nothing's made of that. that yeah. there's a that funny really racist nice. joke in there as well. No, I mean, like, there's a funny joke yeah, where like, Tem refers she's like, to she's Steffi as a racist. Steffi, Steffi oh, is yeah. Steffi's listing she all things. Her hair. She's supposed to be supposed to be like just making Tem feel better about herself, and she's like, "And you've got great hair," and Tem's like, "Racist." Yeah. <laughs> and they both have a little no, laugh. That's great. Um, there is one thing though that I wrote down about. Um, yeah, so somebody says something. I don't remember because it was on page 24 if anyone was following along in their textbooks. Um, <laughs> Tem, something said to Tem about race and Steffi doesn't speak up. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, she's remembering and that it, sports day and she's racing and there was like a racist woman in the crowd yeah. who was like, well, of course, because like They're basically implying to be. yeah, because she's black mm. then she's going to be faster. Yeah, mm. and then... It says something, either it says something like this or I've just written it down, but I said neither of them get to find out whether she would have spoken up. Steffi recognises that because of her selective mutism, neither of them get to find out whether she would have defended her. Mm. And that's like hashtag silent white privilege, quite literally. Yeah. Um, so that was, that's the one time that race, I think, came into it and was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, um, other than that. Other than that, like, I think it was. Reese is mixed race, I think. And Karam yeah. is. Karam. Karam, Yeah. Yeah, because he's a refugee. Yeah, from Syria. From Syria, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think like it, there was a lot of low key representation in this that I was like, yeah, cool. Like, do you know what I mean? Not, not yeah. everything has to be a big exhibition and like, look, we've got some other people here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think it was quite nice just to have, yeah. So that's a yeah side comment. Still interesting though that the main character is the white one, but then yeah. I feel like to write as a white woman from a place from an another racist perspective is very murky territory yeah. well it depends like she she's an able bodied woman yeah. writing from a deaf perspective so I, d- mm. I don't know I feel like in fiction you can people yeah. write from other people's perspectives all the time in, in fiction 
Um, it just depends on how good your research was. Yeah. Side, side note for anyone's interested in that, I've just read um, Small Great Things by it's a new book by Jodie Pickle, who did um, My Sister's yeah, Keeper. Yeah, I know. And Jody. half of it is written in God, the voice of a black woman, but half of it is written in, in the voice of a male white supremacist. <laughs> Oh, wow. wow, and it's told from both perspectives, and that's the only. And it's, I think she did it quite well. Again, willing to hear feedback from people who aren't white, but from for me, I was like, this seems to be quite fair. And she did a lot of research, and she also because she was writing from the other extreme perspective, and her point was talking about the different perspectives. Mm. I think that was okay. That was the time when I was like, yes, Jody, I think you got this. Jody, Jody, I think is a good read. writer. Yeah, I'm not saying it's like a perfect book, but I was like interesting yeah um but ten and sex (laughs) back on the subject back on track um i thought it was really interesting that it was included that tem is a christian and and also like a practicing christian like she goes to church every yeah not like my mum's gonna tell me off having sex she was like i'm not gonna have sex yeah and like it was ten's ten's choice to like not have sex before marriage but also she has done a lot of other things we don't know specifics, but we assume. Oh man, of, we've all been there. Lots of making mm. out, lots of hand stuff, some maybe a few yeah. blow jobs here and there. I come from like a background where like everyone was like, nobody's having sex before marriage, but everyone is doing everything. Yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, like, which which to me seems like a very like teenage Christian thing to do. Yeah, it was like this is where the, this is the this. line that God drew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, this is the house that Jack built. Yeah. <laughs> this is the line, thou shalt not cross it. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll dance, we'll, we'll stroke the line. Yeah. <laughs> the line will be caressed. Yeah. <laughs> and peeked over. Oh, yeah, a lot. Um, um, but then it's interesting that, that she then has sex with Karam. Yeah. And then Steffi's reaction to it is really mature as well. Yeah. Steffi's like, uh, she doesn't, I love that. She's like, you weren't saving your virginity for somebody else. You were saving your virginity for you. And I you spent that. it when you wanted yeah. to spend it. And I was like, Steffy. I know. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Bit. And that the bit about brilliant. the hymen. God doesn't care what state your hymen's in or something. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I think is true. And I love that Especially both Tem and Steffi like, don't punish Tem for yeah. like going back on her previous <laughs> decision or choice or whatever. Like, She's now made a new choice, mm. and that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she is beating herself up about it. You see that internal conflict, like, on her face. I think yeah. that's probably more because she thought that Karam was, like, the one. Yeah. And then he turned out not to be. Karam. Yeah. I just always got pricky vibes. I yeah. think we all did. But, yeah. like, I was like, no. I was like, I want you to be good. I want you to be good. When he was described at the party, and it was like, he was like this, and he stood like this, and he was like a man. I mean, he was very manly. And I was like, is this man really, like, uh, is it a plot yeah. twist? He's 25. But, so yeah, I think that the, the book came close to a lot of things that I was like, is this going to go horrifically wrong, like, narratively? And it didn't, actually. There's not that many consequences for most of the characters. This and is that's a, okay. That's that's what we, that's quite nice. It's a very different pace of book. We've kind of discussed this. We've touched on this, mm. but like we in Banging Book Club read books that are quite extreme with YA. Mm. Like especially, yeah. we've read what, yeah. what would you say is YA that we've read like about the all intersex. the rage. Oh yeah, loads of that literally peeled YA. the skin off my face. Oh, that my was God. so like. <laughs> <"What?"> <laughs> Yeah. Like, or asking for it yeah like asking for it <laughs> and then Nina is not okay yeah and Nina is not okay like these are quite intense YA nobody books. tried to shag anybody else's dad yeah and that made me feel a little bit better sometimes we need a tame book nobody lost a condom inside themselves yeah. oh my <laughs> gosh yeah there was so much yeah, yeah. Th- this was a quite refreshing I found because as someone that doesn't like conflict I'm always yeah. quite like 
worked off. But that's why it's good because I feel like this is if you were a, a quite an anxious teenager, this is the kind of Steffi yeah. is the character you need. And actually, for that, you don't need a book that's going to tell you everything's going to go horrifically wrong. Most of your family will die. Here you go. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. It, you need one that's like the consequences were quite small, and yeah. actually, Steffi achieved quite a lot. It feels real. Mm. Yeah. Um. There's like two topic areas that I want to cover. One, mental health. Mm-hmm. I don't, we've kind of talked about it a bit, but like kind of just this like would be a nice segue. go into like mental health and relationships mm. more because I feel like often um, people talk about relationships in in their own right and mental health in its own right, but never kind of like what happens when you have mental health issues and you're in a relationship? What happens when the person you're dating <laughs> has mental health issues? Like mm. that intersection of those two experiences, like yeah. what happens and how do you navigate those situations because they're completely intertwined once you're Mm. in a relationship yeah or once you as a person with mental health issues is in a relationship with someone Mm. that it's already in and like a narrative in your life Mm. and Mm -hmm. it's obviously now a narrative in both of your relationships because it's you it's your mood yeah and And i think as well like it's interesting that like i think that only anxiety for both of them in their relationship was that the other person's needs wouldn't be met or like that they both and that's the only conflicts happened was when like Reese was like you're talking to other people without using BSL and I can't understand what you're saying and it makes me feel excluded and she's like I am a selective mute and I managed to speak to a stranger leave me alone yeah <laughs> and that's when but then it's also like that that brings them together and that that like mutual not mutual dependency but that mutual vulnerability yeah it's the fact it she's getting me... less vulnerable yeah as opposed to she's getting more able and it's freaking him out mm. yeah it's that yeah and just yeah the way that mental health works in relationships as well with when she after her birthday when she was going to sleep and she had that panic attack mm. and then kind of distanced herself from him while she was dealing with the repercussions of that panic did attack. she ever tell him she had the panic attack i don't think she did mm. um and so it's like interesting things like that and he doesn't how... know she had the panic attack when he hurt himself either. yeah yeah because she had that panic attack in front of him so yeah, but, she... but i think she says like he's he's too <clears throat> out of it to know yeah. Because he's yeah, so maybe. in pain. Anyway, sorry. Maybe. Mm. I think they do discuss it afterwards at the end. Yeah. But um but yeah, I think that first panic attack that we read about in the book, like she very much keeps that to herself, like mm. only her therapist knows. Yeah. Um and she's on meds as well. Yeah, yeah. which she keeps a secret from him and Tem. But and that's that... not like the <clears throat> the main feature of the plot. It's just like this thing of like, by the way, she's on meds. No, but it's quite yeah, it's really clear. Good. It guides. Um, it works in tandem with the narrative, mm. like as like a theme of like we start the meds at the beginning of the book, and then mm. here's where we end up in a couple and it, of months' time. It's also never promised that it's the meds that helped her. Yeah, I like, like that. She's a willing lot. to entertain it. She's like, maybe it's because of the meds. Maybe, maybe it's because of Reese. Maybe it's, maybe cause it's because of me. Yeah, yeah. Also, it's SSRIs, isn't it? That's normally used for depression and Is bipolar. It? Yeah, SSRIs are. Um, like Prozac. Oh, okay. Um, as opposed to um, beta blockers, which was what I'd expect, which are for physical oh. physical feel- feelings of anxiety. They like slow your, I think they slow your heart rate down a bit. Oh, I've always <laughs> heard people yeah. saying they use Prozac for anxiety. And I'm glad because the people I've known who've taken beta blockers have not had good reactions to them because they physically slow your body down. Um, yeah. <laughs> Believe me, having, having anxiety, a severe anxiety, and going through... Uh, exam seasons or like school or university where you have to hit deadlines and do Mm. tests and stuff honestly sounds like the worst nightmare Mm. from like my my friends experiences it's like and family experiences 
because you can't mess with medication when you've got deadlines. Yeah, because yeah, the way that your body would fluctuate on them, like coming yeah. on and off or whatever. I had a friend that just fell asleep in her exams. Like, she just failed everything because she fell asleep. Oh, no. I know. In, in all her afternoon exams. Oh. But hey, <laughs> at least, yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting to see things working. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, this isn't like, I think this is quite a healthy depiction of it. It's not promising yeah. that the meds will solve everything, but it's recognising that they're there. Also, and every time like she the, approaches um, it. Yeah, and I, I like the, the way that the therapist is like, depicted in this book it's not a case of like um at the beginning of that narrative of like finding a therapist and like having an awful time and not getting along with therapy and blah blah blah, blah. no like she's already got this established relationship with a therapist when we start the book yeah and it's um, not friendly it's not like i don't know it's a yeah good, it's it, like a in and out it's, like a, doctor. it's a doctor yeah. yeah but a doctor yeah. who you know they care about each other but it's a professional relationship and i like that because i feel yeah. like a lot of I love all those different moments, though, when Steffi's just, like, going about her life and accomplishing things, and she's like, must make note to tell my therapist about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Like, she's, I think Steffi's really nice as a character because she is, she obviously suffers with anxiety and she obviously suffers with talking to people, but I don't really think that her character is shy. Do you know what I mean? She describes she's quite herself sassy, as shy. But, but, I think, yeah. but I think she's got this, like, proper... Like, she knows... She doesn't... She's not a retiring she's person. She's not a people she's not, pleaser. She's yeah, not yeah, sitting yeah, there bowing quite, down to everyone. And that's yeah. why I think it's quite nice to separate that from it being a personality trait of just, just being quite quiet and happy with life and doesn't want to cause a fuss. Like, she's not... Yeah. She wants to cause a fuss. She, she knows what she wants and she, mm-hmm. she can be quite she's sassy. She's also ready to challenge herself and, like, push herself and yeah. stuff. And that's all coming from her and not the people around her. Like, her parents are the ones that want to kind of, like limit her almost and be yeah. like we need to keep you safe mm. oh that's one thing we're not yeah. talked about grief oh oh yeah gosh, she's got yeah. um her stepbrother died that is really and then ooh. her stepmom is like got depression a really is... severe severe kind of depression yeah the way it's yeah. described is like it's a, such a long-term form of grieving no one knows how long it will last it's been three years yeah like it can still go on like oh my god yeah that was sad yeah. I don't know how else to describe that bit of the book except sad. <laughs> Just like really sad. And when she sees his friend in the pub. And that, that interaction. Just how few words it is, but it says so much about their yeah. relationship mm-hmm. of Steffi with um, her, her stepbrother's Clark. friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the last time they yeah. saw each other was at a funeral. And they're both mm-hmm. really aware of it, but they both care deeply about each other. But not because they know each other well. Things. Yeah. Again, I think like even when it's not about Reese, there's lots of like conversations where there's stuff that's not being said, but it's being said. You know what I mean? Like mm. Sarah doesn't have to use very many words, but we know what she means. I like it. Yeah. Good work, Sarah. Final thing is parental dynamics that I wanted to mention, and the university debate, where basically all of her parents collectively don't think she can handle university. And she has four of them. Yeah, she has. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, step parents as think well. That's very realistic. And I was that's like, one thing that I was like, I'm like, sure one of them had one. The antagonistic mum. Yeah, I can imagine. Sure, but like also very belittling, patronising mum. That really got on my nerves. Mm. It's like, yeah, the, I don't. Yeah, the mum's not great. But um, the fact they were all like, we don't think you can handle it. I guess they thought she might, the panic attack side of it, I guess they thought she might have a breakdown. But in terms of just the speaking, I'm like, hmm. I know I people know. that didn't say anything at uni. Yeah, like, <laughs> through choice, just because they yeah. were lazy. Or they yeah. didn't do the reading. <laughs> that's yeah. parents that they think people yeah. do more at uni than they actually do. But, <laughs> that's um, not tell them. And I mean, that's not, it's not an accurate portrayal of like, 
Yeah. Mm. Uni, you can be silent. For My whole degree could have been done in silence. For sure. Yeah. Um, other, like, family things, though. Um, Steffi's little half-sister, Belle. Belle, short for Belinda. <laughs> my dad's read a porno anymore. Yeah, I thought that. Oh, like, why am I thinking about Belinda Blinked about this five-year-old? Like, this, it was really awkward. And then um, Tem's little brother... Um, oh. who I can't remember what his name is oh but, it's like but, Marcus or something but he wants to be a fairy he wanted to he, he cried because he was just like I want to be a fairy like Belle and then they got him like she lent him his her wings it was great it was so Lena's cute. got a face like she doesn't remember this part of the book I remember that they part went of the to book the, they went to the park like um, Steffi and Tem with their younger siblings and then Tem's little brother was just like I want to be a fairy and they were like cute. cool you can be a fairy yeah, it was really great. I liked that bit. It like it wasn't made like a big fuss of as well. It was just like it was just like narrating it as if this is a thing that happened. And yeah. I like how is it Rita the dog? Yeah, Rita the dog is kind of is I, her own character. Yeah, I want to believe is. that she was named after Rita Skeeter. <laughs> oh no, Dog's then too the nice. dog would be like spying on you. Oh god, <laughs> writing that would be reports. a plot twist. <laughs> but I just thought I'd do a token mention of Rita the dog. Because I shout out to Rita the dog. Shout it was a fun, well-formed character, even as an animal. Yeah. That. Final thoughts. I really like this. I really like it for a younger teenage reader. I think just because I think it's safe enough that it introduces a lot of themes. But I think for me, it wasn't really like a big plot-driven book. Mm. It's kind of done with a few more plots and twists and things. I'm used to a lot more happening in a book. Yeah. So I think this is really, really great for younger readers. I think this is really well done. And actually, the more we talk about it, I realise how many li- different little things it hits. Mm-hmm. It's how a subtle different... book. Yeah. It's a very subtle book. But I like reading it because I love that feeling of when you're falling for someone, you've got a crush. And it's just like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> and it, you got to relive that in such an innocent, pure way in this book. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, the romance is pretty much untroubled, mm. I would argue. It's yeah. proper cute. It's, I yeah. mean, like, the worst thing happens is that some people break their legs. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, a few broken limbs. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was going to die. I was literally like, yeah. that's the end of Reese. <laughs> it's going to be like, what's that one day when she just gets hit by a bus at the end? Oh, <laughs> spoiler. See, I thought it was going to be she'd get back and Tem had taken her own life. Like, that was my theory. <gasps> that's because and all the books like, we've read so far shit. have trained us to yeah. be like, when does the death happen? Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a rape at some point. Yeah, oh my um, God. Yeah, this was my other fear. What if all the sex build-up became like a rape scene? Oh, God. No. Anyway, anyway, sorry. We're oh, polluting this. Thank you for... Thank that you didn't for, happen. Thank no. you. Great. Thank you for restoring our faith in books. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a really nice read. Question. Would you have sex with this book? Yes, definitely. I, Assuming they were of age. They are I would have sex with this book when I'm when I was 16. But 25-year-old Hannah isn't interested. Like, she's into oh. the more hardcore stuff now. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't relive the... I don't want someone... 16-year-old Hannah will have sex with this book. I don't want to give someone a 30-second handjob. Like, I say hardcore. I'm actually quite tame, like, quite vanilla, but, like, just hardcore compared to this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was a virginity-losing I mean, scene. It was fine. Yeah. No, I would have sex with this book in terms of the early stages of a romance. I would you lose sex- your virginity to this book? I would not have a 30-second handjob. Like, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I would 
not have sex with this book, but I would set this book up with a date with one of my best friends. Okay. Aww, yeah, I would be fair. like, I'm not going to get laid with you, but I will definitely find somebody to have sex with you. Would recommend to a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever wonder if our parents listen to this? Oh, no, mine don't. 100% don't know what a podcast yeah. is. They're really not sure what we do. I just wonder if I can imagine my mum listening to me go, I would, I would not have the 30 second hand job in this book. <laughs> Putting this, this, this audio file on iTunes is effectively encrypting it for my parents. Yeah. They, now they won't be able to access it because it's on iTunes. It's not happening. Yeah. Sorry, mum, if you do ever get to listen to this. <laughs> if you work out how, well done. Yeah. God. Oh my God. Um, okay, so thanks for listening. Next month we are reading... Doing it, my head of wisdom. Okay, you completely peaked that, mate. We might have to redo that. <laughs> oh, we've peaked. <laughs> yeah, Doing it, my Hannah April Whitton. is going to be the peak. It's going to be the best book we've read. No, oh god. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for you guys to read it. So. We're going on tour. Can we mention that? Yeah, me and Lucy are. Sorry, Lena. It's chill. I'm a, I'll be in my office job, looking at the lights, and wondering you're what going, really is life. You're going to come see the London show, though. I am going to come and see <gasps> the London show. Um, so me and Lucy are going on tour for my book stuff, doing it live. London is sold out, but there are still tickets for Birmingham and Manchester if you fancy coming along. And TBH, they're going to be our better shows because we've done it once already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> London's the first show, so that will be shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Terrible. But you've already bought your tickets, so <laughs> sucker! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But we're basically going to be really funny and hilarious and we're rehearsing tomorrow and it's going to be great. It's going to be loads of fun. Again, throw common up with everybody. Me and Lena and Lucy have got lots of banging book club books that we have read over the last year and almost a half that can't fit on our shelves anymore and we wanted to do a giveaway some of them, them even have marginalia in them Ooh, so enjoy that marginalia and yeah. corners da, 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 da. so if you'd like to get hold of some of these books all you need to do is go onto itunes and leave us a nice review preferably nice we'd like them to be nice yeah and what we will do is we will post on twitter we don't know exactly how many books of like each copies that we have but we will tweet out all of the pictures and tell you how many we have and which books. And when you leave your review on iTunes, maybe put a preference for which book you would like and your email address so we can get in touch with you. Yeah, and then we'll post them out to you. We'll start with UK only for the time being, but potentially maybe international at some point, but right now UK only. Sorry, 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 international listeners. Once we get sponsors for this podcast, maybe we can afford to send At the moment, we're literally doing it for free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In fact, it's costing us. Yeah. <laughs> this is so it literally is. This, this, yeah. Um, is that all the, um, what, what do people is call that all the notices? The, um, Minutes? That was all our housekeeping. And follow us on Twitter, at Banging Book Club. Yeah. yeah. All right, Many thanks for sex listening, gifts. lads. <laughs> oh, so we have a great Banging Book Club Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's oh, good. Yes. Okay. Love you lots. Bye. 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 Really want a cheese cracker now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.